Hello. Hey, John. Hi, Dan Benjamin. What's going on way up there in Seattle today? Uh, well, it's raining. We've started our fall rain. Yeah. And uh, I have had now for breakfast uh, a green banana, a half-frozen green banana, and also like three forks of chocolate cake and two cups of coffee. So that's been my day. So sugar, so sugar, far. and caffeine. Sugar and caffeine and rain. Those are my <laughs> uh, yeah. those are my constant friends, my allies in this life. Yep. Last night I went around and all of the house plants that had gotten like six feet tall, I just chopped them down. And now they can either grow up out of the pot and be You chopped nice. them to the to the level of the pot? No, no, no. I left a I left about a foot of them. They can grow up and be nice, pleasant, well-behaved houseplants, or they can go into the compost pile. But I'm done having a bunch of corn stalks and palm trees around my house. And I didn't, I couldn't find my pruning saw because I was doing it at three o'clock in the morning. And so I cut them all down with a buck knife, which was not the best tool because some of them were pretty, pretty tough stalks. But, you know, you got to be unsentimental, and I'm not unsentimental. But lately, I've been taking a page from my mom and just like middle of the nighting, just like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm cutting all this okay, stuff down. Okay, but we'll pause for a second. Right. What happened to done at 11, uh, done at, at, at 11 in bed at 12 thing? Oh, yeah, right. Well, that kind of has. What was this? Well, what was the I, phrase you had? It was. Uh, uh, at midnight, you're done in bed by one. Okay. That w- that is still the plan. It's still the plan. It's just that I got a little bit off of it. Now I got to get back on it. But you seem uh, very awake. Maybe it's just the sugar and the caffeine. Do you seem more awake than usual? Well, no, I think that it is. Um, I think that it is that I am getting eh, not like eight hours of sleep, but I'm getting, I'm doing better than four hours of sleep. Yeah. That's anything would be better than that. Although last night I didn't do a ton better than that, but the night before, like I stayed up till one, but I slept until nine and that's even with the, or I stayed up till two, let's say, but even two to nine, that's like seven hours. That's like better. That's a lot better. Seven hours is great. If I, I mean, I, my goal is to try to get seven hours. Yeah. And I that doesn't usually happen. Usually it's a bit less than that, but uh, seven hours, I feel like a god. Yeah, I think that like last night was ah, last night was about five hours, but you know, every <laughs> once in a while you get a fiver and then you get a sevener and I have been very successful at at more or less curtaining off my sleeping room so that I'm sleeping uh at the at the end of the season here, some rats tunneled under all of my rat barriers. What's well, a what's aunt- a rat barrier? Well, so my house in, in Seattle, uh, back in the the uh, early part of the 20th century, a lot of houses did not have basements. They weren't built with basements at all, and I bet this is true in Texas too. Yeah, we don't they have just, a, we do not have a basement here, which is Yeah, they just throw some cement blocks down or in the case of my barn they just threw some wood on the ground. Mm-hmm. They 
because they had old growth forests here. So they could like my barn is built on eight by eight beams that are 30 feet long. I mean, they just basically took a old growth fir tree, uh, or a cedar, I guess, and just chopped it down and shaved off the sides and threw it in the dirt and built a barn on it. But my house has a, my house is just sitting on dirt and there is a basement that I think someone built later, but it's only a quarter of the house, which drives me crazy. If you're going to go down there and build a quarter of a basement, why not just build the whole basement? Anyway, I can't go back in time and throttle those people, even though I want to. But so the house is just, you know, it's just sitting up on pilings. Well, there's a, there's an enormous chimney for the fireplace. And in order to build a proper fireplace, they had to build that down on the dirt. So, so underneath my house, there is a foundation made of brick for this enormous old fashioned fireplace. Well, some point in the 1930s, they built a big addition onto the side of my house. I think at, or in the in the late 30s or early 40s, because a bunch of people were coming here to work at the Boeing airplane factory to make B-17s to uh, to fight the Hun. Of course. And so they built a big addition, I think, to house people to uh, to do war work. And where they built that addition, they just sort of slammed it on to the side of the house right where the chimney is. And the chimney used to be outside the house, like on the side of the house. Mm -hmm. Then they put a building there. So now the chimney goes up the middle and they built a wall on one side of it. So you can't see the chimney on the, on the addition side. Right. What that creates is a scenario where all a rat has to do is dig under the little, you know, sort of fascia and rats like to dig. They like to dig holes, just dig under there, get under the house, and then they can go over to the chimney and climb up the chimney and then they're in the attic and it's just impossible to rat proof this house. And I tried, I dug trenches all around it. I put fencing down under the ground and buried it. What do they do? Just get or go around it. Just go down deeper. You can't, I could, I'd have to dig a trench six feet down. And if I was going to do that, I'd build a basement under there, but that would cost me 60 grand. Mm. You can't just dig a hole or dig a, lift up your house and put a basement under it without a considerable amount of bugaboos, rigmaroles. So these rats that live on the fruit trees around here, right. you know, I live, I live in the asshole country. I don't really think and, of a fruit trees in Seattle. Yep. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. But I had, a, I had rat issues the same you're talking about when we lived in Florida and we had like orange trees and everything all around. We had so many rats that would get into the house and then they would die in the Ugh. walls, in the walls. I know, you, you told me these it's stories. It's horrible. So the rats don't die in the walls here, thank God. Although one time it did. One time a rat died in the walls and it was awful. Ugh. 
But so these fucking rats, and I don't like rats. I don't like vermin at all. And, you know, Seattle's a seaport town, right? So some Norwegian on his stupid fishing boat brought rats from Norway. I don't know. They get here by way of boat. Mm -hmm. And then they're just these Norway rats. Downtown in Seattle, there are Norway Norway rats. How can you tell the difference of a Norway rat versus a native rat? Yeah, there aren't native rats. The native rats are called squirrels. We didn't have rats in America? Well, we didn't have rats in Seattle. How do you know they didn't come up from, from Portland or something? It's true. But the ones in Portland are also from Norway. The big rats are all from Norway, and they come around on all their stupid fish. How, how do you know that? You can just look at them. You can tell they're No, Norwegian. no. Yeah, they're blonde, and they don't no. show their emotions. They're blonde and don't show their emotions, and they're very stoic. Their foot gets run over by a plow, and they don't even yell. Okay, the brown rat, the brown rat, also referred to as common rat, street rat, sewer rat, Hanover rat, Norway rat, Norwegian rat, or wharf rat. <laughs> That's the one. Is one of the best known and most common rats. Yes. Uh, yep. It is a brown or gray rodent, up to ten inches long and a, a similar tail length. Male yep. weighs on average 12 ounces, the female 9 ounces. Thought to have these originated were, these, in... Go ahead. These rats here in Seattle are 11 pounds. They, they thought to have originated in northern China. Right. It is now spread to all continents except Antarctica and is the dominant rat in Europe and much of North America, making it by at least this particular definition the most successful mammal on the planet alongside humans. Absolutely true. So this is just a... I guess that you're calling it a... A Norwegian rat. It's also just a brown rat. It's a rat. It's just a rat. We call them Norwegian rats because they're because there are a lot of Norwegians out here, and also because I'm sure that's how they got here. The Norwegians brought everything uh, that's complicated to Seattle. They brought all their weird, like reticence. They brought their sort of strained friendliness that isn't really friendly. They brought their passive aggression, their their super northern passive aggression. They brought it all. They're a big pain in the ass, the Norwegians. And then the Swedes came, and they didn't make anything any better. It's okay to be racist against Scandinavians. It's the last thing you can do. Okay. It's the, la- it's the last acceptable racism is to be, be down on Norwegians because there aren't very many of them, and they can't defend themselves. Although they do they, – they're fighters. They'll fight you. But they'll, they're so drunk. You just they said they can't defend themselves. You they don't they know f- what they're swinging at. <laughs> they can't defend themselves culturally because it's not in their nature to do it. Oh, here, it's here. In their na- li- li- listen to this. Listen to this. Right. Rats are known to burrow extensively. Yes. If given a- access to suitable substrate, rats generally begin a new burrow adjacent to an object or structure. As this provides a sturdy roof for the section of the burrow nearest to the ground surface, burrows usually develop to eventually include multiple levels of tunnels as well as a secondary entrance. But it's the young males and females who burrow vigorously. The old male rats will not burrow. No, the old male rats just sit around on their rocking chairs (laughs) eating their lutefisk, their lutefisk. Peter, my friend Peter, was out in the barn the other day, and he went up on a top shelf, and he was like, oh, there's a big roll of carpet here. And he grabbed the carpet, and he threw it down on the floor. He probably dropped it 12 feet down from the top of the barn. Yeah, And then he... He climbed down the ladder and he went to pick up this big roll of carpet and like kicked it. 
and a big giant rat ran out of the Ugh. center of it where it had been nesting. Who knows how many rats are in there still? Peter dragged it out into the yard and now this big carpet, big roll of urine stained, rat urine stained carpet is sitting out there. And it's Ugh. like, look, nobody even wants to put it in the garbage. It's so gross. Anyway, so I'm sleeping well, except in the middle of the night, I hear a rat in the walls and the rat seems to just climb up the wall just to taunt me. I don't know what it wants. There's no food up there. It just wants to just be up there. It just wants to screw around and it thinks it's going to be up there all year. I used to be able to put rat traps with peanut butter on them and the rats were not smart enough to not. They're smart, but they weren't smart enough to, to fight peanut butter. <laughs> and I would. Right, right. I would, I would get them one time. It's like that. It's like that old, uh, it's the, uh, the tailor that killed seven giants in one blow, except he was talking about flies. But one time I actually killed two rats in one trap because they couldn't resist the peanut butter. They were both trying to eat it at the same time. And the rat. And the trap sprung. And when I found it, I was like, two rats? Ha-ha! I'm the best. I'm the rat killer. I'm the, you know, I am, you're the, I am you're le- the, I'm legend. Yeah, right. I'm Charlton Heston. Uh, but <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> for whatever reason now, the rats are not bamboozled by the, uh, by the peanut butter. They don't care. I've got peanut butter all over the house. And they're just like, nah. So I put some salmon skin Ugh. in a trap the other day because we got lots of salmon skin around here. What are you doing with all that? Salmon skin? Yeah. Well, you know, salmon is one of the native, uh, and by native I mean uh, to the region, uh, one of the great food sources for the uh, for the original inhabitants here, the Snohomish and Skykomish and Swamish and Squamish and, and uh, Duwamish. Uh, they all had so much salmon. The salmon would come back and go up the rivers here and you could walk across, they say that you could walk across the river on the backs of the salmon. There were so many salmon and growing up in Alaska, I've seen rivers like this during spawning season where the river is so choked with fish. You cannot see the bottom of the, of the river. It's just pure fish, giant fish. And this is how it was here. Except when the, uh, when Whitey came, first thing Whitey did was build dams on all the rivers. Uh, cause Whitey's got a plan. That's one thing you know about Whitey is he's got a plan mm-hmm. and Whitey's plan was to build dams and basically all the salmon didn't have anywhere to go. They couldn't go back home and, you know, salmon get it in their nose that they want to go up to the river where they were born or however, we don't really get inside salmon's heads very well yet as much as we try. But mm-hmm. anyway, all of these enormous, enormous, this huge fishery of gigantic, delicious fish, all gone, wiped out by our dumb dams. And we knew it when we were doing it, but like all of the great bounty of the Americas, like the buffalo and the and the passenger pigeon, those del- delicious passenger pigeons. Yeah, we killed them all to make coats because there was in the nineteenth century the passenger pigeon feather coat was one of the great um, fashion statements of New York City. 
So we killed all the salmon and we knew what we were doing. We just didn't even care. We were like, ah, we'll make more. So the salmon are a little bit depleted. But here in the Northwest, we still have enormous, enormous salmon anyway, in spite of ourselves. We couldn't kill them all. And then, of course, we got Alaska right over our shoulder here where we didn't build dams and where the salmon are like bananas. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So salmon skin and smoked salmon and salmon, 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 salmon. I mean, I, I think you have probably, just the skin like you're keeping just the skin. Well, the skin is quite delicious. If you uh, it's kind of like uh, cracklins or or kale, like a beef jerky. Well, it's not quite jerky like it How is. How do you prepare skin. it? It's, it's like crispy. You, you, uh, I mean, you bake it. You bake it. Yeah, you bake it. It's like baked kale. I mean, it's not like the best. It's not as good as the rest of the salmon. So People you make it. it. So like I've put, I've, I've grilled salmon and stuff like that. Sometimes yeah. you can put, you leave the skin on it and you put that part on the grill and it cooks the salmon. And then when you take it off, you there's the skin that's left like a husk. You're saying uh, yeah. that stuff, you would eat that? Yeah. Like when times are really tough, you would eat it or? No, no. It's just, it's another thing to eat. My people use the entire salmon. Your people? Yeah, my people, the Northwesterners. <laughs> like the Seattleites dis- or y- your your mom taught you this or? No, all of Northwesterners, if they are not recent transplants, um, grow up with a lot of salmon in their in the game right salmon yeah. is like on the east coast there are these atlantic salmon which are like i don't know why would you eat one of those is our attitude out here although farmed salmon mm. is a thing and they bring atlantic salmon here and build these big fish pens and they're like it's farmed they're farming salmon well for a long time the people of the Northwest were like, don't do that. Your stupid Atlantic salmon are going to get loose and then they're going to breed with our wonderful Pacific salmon and they're going to screw them up. And the fish farmers were like, no, that'll never happen. Just like every stupid idea that Whitey has, he's like, no, that'll never happen. Well, just recently some fish farm had a problem and released some huge amount of Atlantic salmon into the water around here, which Mm. we do not need. We don't need the pathetic little shrimpy, mushy Atlantic salmon out here because we have these these salmon that are you know that are as big as like Rhodesian Ridgebacks <laughs> like uh, there are parts of America where Copper River salmon people will pay I don't know what 40 bucks a pound for it or something because some people up there in Alaska were real smart and they hyped it but those Copper River salmon are exactly like all the other salmon up there it's all amazing um and when and you know we don't eat every part of it we don't eat their eyeballs but but as much of the edible part of the salmon as you can eat we eat it's all good but the rats are not falling for the salmon skin so i don't know what's going on i don't know what is going on with these rats they seem smarter than other rats and this one just kind of crawls up the wall in the middle of the night and no matter what i'm doing no matter how deeply I'm sleeping, I wake up because I still have PTSD about that about time them, I got yeah. about the, well about the time I got robbed and rolled oh. over and went back to sleep because I thought it was a a rat or a, a rat or slash possum possum right in the wall. 
I think a lot of the time that I thought there were possums in the wall, they were actually rats because the rats are as big as possums. We would like to say thank you very much to LinkedIn Learning, which features all of Lynda.com's content. That's right. These guys acquired Lynda. So the Lynda, the same Lynda that you know and love, all the great content, all the awesome videos that teach you how to do pretty much everything, uh, they're part of LinkedIn Learning now. So whatever it is that you want to learn, you want to learn how to edit a podcast, you want to learn how to use Photoshop or Microsoft Office or really whatever you might want to do, whatever skill that you might want to learn, that's what LinkedIn Learning is all about. They've got courses that have to deal with uh, overcoming procrastination, time management, personal effectiveness, but they've also got quick tip courses for stuff like Excel or QuickBooks, Outlook, all of the stuff that you might want to do on your computer that you don't know how to do. But the way that they do it is is really, really smart. You can sit down and start, let's say you're a beginner. They've got tons of beginner courses. They've got intermediate courses. They've got advanced courses. They also have courses that are set up so that you can jump in and learn just one specific thing. You don't have to spend half an hour, an hour watching a full course, jump in, find out just what you need to find out and get out of there and go be more productive. That's what they're all about. The courses are awesome and they're all taught by people who are industry experts. They're not taught by somebody who's like, I want to teach someone how to use Photoshop. No, they will be taught by a professional designer, a graphic artist, somebody who really knows Photoshop because they've been using it every day for years and years and years. And they're going to make a course that teaches you everything that they know. It's a really, really great way to learn stuff. Personally, it's my favorite way to learn stuff. They don't have any hidden charges. They don't do upsells. It's all the courses that you want, as much as you want, for one monthly price. It doesn't matter where you are in the whole world. You can learn anywhere from your computer, from your tablet, from your phone. And we have a special deal that they're doing just for you guys. It is a 30-day free trial with LinkedIn Learning. And the way to get that is to go to linkedin.com slash road that's right linkedin.com slash road all lowercase go there get your free 30-day trial you get access to everything every video that they have on the site and it's really cool stuff we sure do appreciate their support and uh, make them happy that they supported the show go check out linkedin.com slash road anyway that is that's what's keeping me up at night um and uh but I'm going to I'm going to get past that. I'm going to figure out what to put in these traps to get cuz the rats that are living in the barn, I don't care. There's there's rats in the barn. That's where they belong. Rats belong in a barn. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. I was looking I was looking on I was looking online and I was like, "What do you do about these rats?" Yeah. And somebody said, the best way to get rid of rats is to have a big cat that's a killer. Mm. But as you know, Dan, I'm sure not all cats are killers. That's true. There are a lot of cats that just sit around. Mm -hmm. There are cats that watch a mouse walk right over his paws. I mean, famously, Garfield, the world's most famous cat. Right. But he's not a real cat. Well, but he exemplifies. But I'm saying, that. I'm saying, you can't base real cat behavior on a on a, a comic. I'm not sure that's true. Well, I mean, I had a cat that loved lasagna, but the, but but Garfield would rather be friends with mice than kill them. He's always conspiring with mice. Well, I have a I have an article here 
um, which of course is on a, a site that you know very well, uh, picturesofcats.org, uh-huh. uh, asking the question, what cat is best for rat catching? Yes. And uh, it says in India, there. this is something that they do normally, but it says, um, it, it says that domestic cats still have a utility function. They need not just be decorative, lounging around, eating and sleeping. Yeah. Although that's what it looks like sometimes. In many areas and countries, a cat might be adopted to keep down the rodent population. Yeah. And so they have a whole description here. I'll put, I'll put this in the notes too. They talk about, as you're saying, barn cats or farm cats. But they have uh, a long list. I think the Maine Coon. Yep, the Maine Coon. It's a big, nice cat. It's yeah, that's cat. that's what's mentioned here. I think is a good oh, one. Oh, I bet, I bet. Uh, there is a uh, a Lancashire male tabby cat killed. They say twenty two thousand mice while being employed in a factory over a lifespan of twenty three years, and apparently <laughs> he lived off of them, killing three per day. Yes, and it goes on to ask the question: What cat is best for rat catching? It says that you should adopt a rescue cat from a local shelter and choose a cat that was semi-feral or stray and brought in because these are deemed unsuitable and they're usually euthanized because they can't be, they can't be domesticated. They're, they're too wild. Right. This is the kind of cat that you want on your property to, if you're trying to kill rats. First of all, I want you to Google uh, Maine Coon chasing a fox. Maine Coon chasing a fox. Okay, it's right there in the, came right, up as look, a search suggestion. Right, now look at the picture. <laughs> Maine, Maine Coon. <laughs> that is really, really a good picture. It is so, a Maine Coon is so big. And I think that might be some kind of Siberian mountain cat or whatever. It's got, it's got like long, it almost has like a Fu Manchu mustache. It, it does. And he is chasing a fox oh and the God. fox looks terrified. Ah, oh, I love it. It's one of my favorite things, that that, that picture. I've never but, seen that picture before. That's amazing. It's it's wonderful. I think it might be a Siberian forest cat, or maybe it's a Norwegian forest cat. You know, the Norwegians are great people. Uh-huh. They, they have developed a lot of wonderful things in the world, like slits. I want. I I don't want Jeez. any more pets, but I want that cat. Okay, so my mom <laughs> wanted to get a Siberian forest cat because they're also supposedly hypoallergenic, and they are like really big. They're big cats. And my mom was like, I want to get one of these cats. But the problem is that they're some special breed and they cost $1,000. It'd be and worth I, it. You'd never have to worry about rats again. Well, the thing is, or if foxes. You had a thousand, if you had a $1,000 cat, you're not going to put it in the barn. It's a $1,000 cat. You're going to brush it with a, with a, with a silver comb. Mm. But so I was online. I read some of the same things that you read. And I went to a rescue site. Where I found a description of a cat. And they said, this cat's name is Vito. (laughs) Vito is an enormous cat. And Vito is a total asshole. No one, you cannot have Vito live in the house. Vito likes, he likes people. But he will, if you have another cat, he will kill that cat. And Vito actually prefers to just 
be left alone. He would kill another cat? They actually well, said or, that. Or he would just fuck up another cat. Yeah. Like, it basically says, like, Vito is <laughs> a big, big cat, and he's a bad dude. And he's really more um, suitable at, at to live in a barn. Right. And so I called this person, and I said, is Vito for real? Because Vito sounds like my kind of guy. I also do not live happily with other cats and I probably belong in a barn. And unlike most people in Seattle, I have a barn, right? Unlike everyone in Seattle, I have a barn cause I don't think there's another barn in Seattle. I have a barn full of rats and I want Vito. I want Vito to live in my house. I want Vito to, to, or I want him to come around my house. I'll feed him green bananas or whatever Vito wants, but I want him to live on rats. My mom talks about in Ohio, she says, she has for decades said, we had 20 feral cats living under the corn crib and every day I would go out and feed them a bowl of porridge, but mostly they lived on rats. And that story has so many layers because, you know, first of all, you have to know what a corn crib is and then you have to picture enough rats under that corn crib to feed 20 feral cats. She said, you know, that like the first two cats had names and then they had a litter of kittens and those cats kind of had names, some of them. But then after that third litter, we didn't, there were no names for those cats. There were just a bunch of inbred cats. She said one of them was a Manx and so about a third of them didn't have tails, uh, which is a great image, a <laughs> bunch of tail, tailless cats living under the corn crib. But right. that's my mom's story. Anyway, so I am pursuing a relationship with Vito and <laughs> the people that currently own Vito have not, um, have uh, not replied to my uh, phone message. Well, how long ago did you leave it? Well, uh, so what is today? Uh, so I left it on Monday. So it's been like four days. Are you worried he could be gone? The thing is that like, like you like the thing that you read, I think in general, when somebody puts a, a cat on a rescue site and says, this cat is an asshole, that's not what most people are looking for. Um, but I, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so my mom who has very little sentimentality and is used to 20 Manxes living under the corn crib said, right. listen, if you do get veto, what we should do is take Vito and throw him in the attic. And I said, uh, I, the last thing I want is a cat in the attic. Yeah. Especially a big cat. I don't think that would make him too happy either. That's right. I'm like, welcome to the house, Vito. Here you go. Ugh. I'm shutting you in the attic. And she said, listen, if he is a ratter, he'll be, there's nothing he wants more than to be up in a dark attic full of rats. And I said, well, now let's slow down. I don't think it's full of rats. I think there's a couple of rats, a couple of like burrowing young rats who are exploring and have put together a life for themselves. <laughs> right. But they're having they're, babies up there. They're newlyweds. And I know they are. I know they're having babies up here. And what I want is for all of them to be veto food. The problem is if Vito kills a rat up there, he's not going to eat the whole thing, tail and all. He's going to leave some part up there to 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Vito's mind. But the, but but anyway, so you know, stay tuned because because Vito may may appear here at some point. I'm excited to hear that. You know, I had a cat 10 years ago that I loved. Yeah. His name was his name was Lewis. And Lewis was just the world's greatest cat. Uh, Lewis was one of those cats that he didn't get very big. He was kind of a sh- kind of a little guy. Yeah. But he had more personality than a thousand cats combined. And Lewis, because he was a little guy, he he was a tough guy. He thought he was a tough guy, but he ca- he got caught a lot of shit from the other cats that are around here because there are some big mean cats in my neighborhood. Although they're not doing their job, they're not killing enough rats. So Lewis ended up uh, getting hit by a car. And it devastated me. Mm. It fucked me up for months yeah, and that's months. Sad. Because I was really close to this guy. And I got close to him fast. And he was a real, he was everybody who met him. First time my sister met him, he was sitting on the porch. And my sister came to visit me. And uh, she sent me a text and she was like, I stopped by your house. Who's the amazing cat that was sitting on your porch? I was like, "Ah, that's Lewis, my new cat. She could just tell he was amazing. He was just amazing. Everybody that met him was like, who's this guy? Anyway, Lewis died. It it broke my heart and I didn't want another cat because how do you – I had a cat named Lucy for a while and Lucy was a jerk. I gave Lucy to Eric Corson and he's happy with her. But I like having a cat around – and I like an asshole cat. And what's funny is when I was in high school, I had a cat named Guido. <laughs> so there's precedent <laughs> for a cat with a with a, a tough guy cat with an Italian name. Guido not only would kill Guido would kill anything. Not only that, but Guido would march into the neighbors' houses and push their own cats aside and eat out of their cats' bowls in their homes. Such that we would get notes in our mailbox that said, keep your cat at home because your cat is bullying our cat Mm. in our cat's own home. So I struggled to keep Guido inside because Guido wanted out. He wanted to go out and he's one of these problem American cats that was killing songbirds. But also, I mean, anything, anything that moved. And Guido was a wonderful guy. He was like. My dad had a cat named Puppy, and Puppy was a big cat and a great ratter, but Puppy had no personality. Puppy was just a drip. He was a real ratter, though. See, I'm, I feel like you've got to make a choice. I don't feel like you can have it both ways. I think you either get a cat that's really good at getting rats, or you get a loving house pet, you know, house cat, rather, uh, as a well, pet. I don't, I don't think you can get both. Guido was both. He was the, he was the ur-cat. I don't think Lewis could have killed a rat. Lewis wasn't much bigger than a rat. Uh, Puppy was a killer ratter and Puppy was a white, long haired cat. Like Puppy was huge, had long white hair and he would go sit in the dirt under the house and just wait. And he, he terrified the rats. I didn't have rats around here for three years because they were, they were so traumatized by puppy because puppy would just puppy was like this enormous white ghost that moved like the wind he killed rats like you wouldn't believe but puppy was a dud 
You try and hang out with Puppy, talk to Puppy, he was just a dud. But Guido, I mean, Guido would talk to you. Guido would wait around corners, and when you'd walk into the house, he'd like leap out and attack your ankles. I love that. Guido had everything. He would sit. He would sit in your bed and purr. But then he was out a holy terror, a holy terror in the neighborhood. I mean, the, the exactly the guy you want, unless you're one of those people that doesn't think house cats should kill songbirds. And Guido lived to a ripe old age because nothing could kill him. Guido could take on a car. But I'm feeling like Vito might be my guy. Like Vito's going to be one of those cats that has like a a Is there a picture of him? How do you know what he looks like? You don't even know. I don't. I don't. I don't. The, the, The description said he was an orange and white cat. Like your famous Garfield. Like Garfield, right. Right here. I think I found the link. Is this Pet Finder? Pet Finder. There's a picture of Vito right here. Is there? Yeah. Can I read this to you? Yeah. It yeah, says yeah. Vito the Enforcer. <laughs> Cat. That's that's my guy. Vito the Enforcer. Cat. Domestic short hair, orange and white. Adult, male, large. <laughs> and there is a picture of him and he does, he, he looks cute. There's a shot of him on his back, like playfully, but the main shot of him, he looks like he's not taking crap from anyone. And here's Send me a, that link because I don't remember seeing the picture of him. And this might be a different uh, site, but here's what it here's what it says. I'll, I'm pasting the link to you now. It says, "Are you in need of a tough, independent, wise guy who's misunderstood? Meet <laughs> Vito, aka Big Tuna." This, Big tuna. This large fellow likes to throw his weight around to show everyone who's boss. But if you've got food, you're the one with all the power. Deep down, there's a mellow, chubby dude who just wants to sit around the pool. For now, Vito would be best as an only cat for an experienced caregiver or possibly a barn cat. With continued <laughs> medication, oh, he gets along much better with others, especially younger cats who will indulge in some play wrestling with him. Give our gangster is, a chance, it says. What is, what, are they talk, is he on Ritalin? What I do don't know. Mean? I don't know what he is. Here's more about him. He's house trained. He's uh, he's neutered special needs current on vaccinations. Yeah, he is an orange red tabby with white and he has a short, short coat. He has special needs. That's what they say. Uh, I'm just wondering whether they have to give him like like uh, tranquilizers in order to get him to deal with other cats. That's or whether kind has- of what I think they mean when they say with continued medication. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, looking at the three pictures that now I see here. Yeah. Uh, even is that how you imagined him? Well, he's, he's, uh, yes, it is kind of, even when he's rolling on his back, he looks like he wants to kick your ass. But the other two pictures, he doesn't, he looks fierce. Yeah. He looks like not just fierce, but like he's mad. No, you've got to get him. You've got, if he's still available, you've got to get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this this guy. I'm gonna call. Guy. I'm gonna call them for you. All right. On your behalf right, after the show, and we'll see what we can do. All right. Call them. Say. I'll just say, say you're t- you're in a meeting and you asked me to call for you. Okay. Perfect. The enforcer. Yeah. Vito is a mellow, chubby dude who just wants to sit around the pool. I actually also have a pool. Do you really? Yeah, I have a pool. Anything it's else a, I need to know when I call them? It's a fucked up pool. 
I have a pool and a barn, and they mention a pool and a barn in their ad. Um, I, you know, I want to know, like, are they are they giving him tranquilizers? Because I will immediately take him off tranquilizers. No, I, I know you would. Be, what if he's taking be, the same stuff you're taking, but like a cat version of it, like a cat lamictal? Right. I mean, if he's taking medication <laughs> to keep down his kitty diabetes, I'll give him that. <laughs> right. Or you know, if he's got like, if he's got stuff that he needs. He needs medicine, but if they've just got him doped up so he can hang out with their tabby. I think that's what's going on. That's what it sounds right like. Yeah. I'm going to put him outside and I'm going to throw him in the, throw him in the attic and take him off his meds. He'll be furious. Now, let me ask you this. I know they're going to ask me this. How soon could you go get him? I'll get him today. Okay. I'll be like, and the thing is Vito and I are going to have a, we're going to bond pretty fast. Well, he's at a, it says that he's at a rescue, so he's not like in a person's home. So he should, if some, if no one's gotten him yet, it doesn't show a date on here when this went, I'm, I'm just worried that we're getting too excited about this and we're going to call him. Oh, he was, he's been gone for three months now. Oh, okay. Well, call him up. I will. Call him up. I will. Um, and then, and then tell me what to do because I'll go get him. All right. The thing is like, I'm a little bit of a cat whisperer. This is something you probably could guess. But even cats that people are like, oh, he doesn't like anybody. All those cats like me just fine. Yeah. Because I speak cat pretty well. Uh-huh. I don't roll up on a cat like a, like, a, like a dumb kid. I cool it and I let the cat figure me out first. And I, uh, you know, like cats are interested in me because I, I, I share a lot of their personality. And... Um, and so they always come around. I mean, every once in a while, there's a cat that's so traumatized that it, he just wants to live in a hole. I can't help those guys. But the right. cats that are like, he doesn't like anybody, I just, I nod and then bide my time. Because those cats are going to come to me. And and this guy with that look on his face, he and I are going to be fast friends. Uh, so, Yep. Vito, the enforcer. I'll do. I'll do what I can. I can't. You know, if he's gone, he's gone. But otherwise, AKA Big Tuna. Big Tuna. I'm not going to call him that. No, I don't blame you. We would like to thank Brooklinen. I love Brooklinen. You know what? You you got you got a bed. Now you got to put sheets on it. It's that simple. And this is a story behind Brooklinen. I think it's kind of cool. It was founded in uh, in 2014 by husband and wife. And they went on some kind of fancy trip and they, the, they stayed in some like fancy bed and breakfast hotel situation. And the sheets, they fell in love with the sheets on the bed and they're like, where are these from? And so they research it and they find out that the sheets cost like a thousand dollars or something ridiculous. And they're like, that doesn't seem right. You should be able to get really nice sheets for your bed. They make you sleep better. You feel more comfortable. You're happier when you get better sleep. And they said, we can do this. We can get these great sheets and we can sell them. We can cut out the middleman, no markups, no retail licensing fees. We don't have to deal with manufacturing waste. We can just do really high-end designs and come up with exceptional savings across all of these sheets that we can make. And I have these. They, uh, they, they sent me some to try. I love them. They are great there's some of the best sheets I've maybe the best sheets I've ever tried. I didn't even wasn't even thinking about sheets. I'm like, how could that make a difference? It makes a difference. 
And they have a special offer just for listeners of this show. You're going to get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code ROADWORK at brooklinen.com, B-R-O-O-K, linen, L-I-N-E-N.com. Use the code ROADWORK and you'll get $20 off. And they're so confident that you're going to love the sheets that they're giving you a 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. There's no reason not to give it a try. And the only way you can get the $20 off and the free shipping is to use that promo code ROADWORK at brooklinen.com. Thank you very much to Brooklinen for supporting this program. Uh, Oh, I had some uh, follow-up from our previous episode. Yeah. Uh, This is more for you than for the audience, but I felt like it was worth mentioning. In our previous episode, we were discussing Apple's revenue. Apple Computer. Apple Computer, or Apple Inc. now. Yeah. And in fact, to, to further my point in that episode where I was talking about the majority of their money does not come from computers, they used to be called Apple Computer Inc., yeah. And then after the iPhone came out a year or two after that, they just changed it to Apple Inc. Apple Inc. To, to reference the fact that they were now more of a consumer electronics company. So I have some facts and figures here. This is a little bit dated because it's Apple's Q1 2017 revenue, but I think it's a fair, uh, a fair uh, comparison. Today, Apple makes 69, probably more if you were to look at uh, Q3, but uh, Q1 69% of Apple's revenue, and we know they're making, what, $500 billion a year, 69% of their revenue is from the iPhone. 7% is from the iPad. Services, which I'm guessing is iTunes or iCloud and things like that, are 9%. Other is 5%, and only 9% of their revenue, same as services, is from the Mac. So their computers, their entire computer operation is only 9% of their overall revenue. Now, keep in mind, 9% is still, I don't know if it's tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. It's still a considerable amount of money. And I I think any, any company would be happy to just have Apple's Mac revenue and nothing else. It's still quite a bit of money. Right. Um, But... 69% 69% comes from the iPhone. Insane. And that goes up every year. I pulled up another chart from 2013. 51% was from the iPhone at that time. And uh, and Mac was 14%. So uh, I I don't I think it just shows you how much the the iPhone represents to Apple. So anyway, this is a little reference from for those of you who have been listening to every episode, that's back way back in episode 89 that, that you heard that. That's crazy. Pants. Crazy stuff, isn't it? Um, I really want to go. I really want to end the show so that I can go and get on the phone. And, and I know we haven't done a full episode. But technically, we have because it's over when we say it's over. But like now, I really want to call. Should I call on the air? Should I call right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you call? Why don't you call? Because I'm getting we'll just, we'll just antsy. We'll just stand by here. All right, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna call. Maybe I can do this. I used to have a whole rig set up where I could like dial and record it and everything. I'm just gonna hold my iPhone up to the to the thing here. Hello. Please state your name after the uh, tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. 
Dan Benjamin. Suspense is killing me. I know. Answer the phone. Come on, Cat Rescue. Come on, Cat Rescue. Thank you for calling Kitty DeVore Rescue. We appreciate your interest. Uh, I'm going to leave my message. We're currently taking owner surrenders at this time. If you are interested in adopting a cat, please leave your name, phone number, email, and best times and ways to get a hold of you. We appreciate your interest in adopting a cat, and one of us will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, my name is Dan Benjamin. I'm actually calling on behalf of a friend of mine. Uh, he's he's tied up today, but he uh, he saw Vito, the enforcer, and was very interested in adopting him, and he was worried that he might have already been adopted. So I'm, I'm just doing him a, a favor and calling on his behalf. Uh, if Vito is still available, you can you can call me, and I'll I'll pass you off to him. My number is calling about Vito. By the way, my friend has a barn and a pool. Two things that you guys mentioned in uh, the information about Vito, and so if he's still available, my friend could come in and get him as soon as today. Thank you. What do you think? You think we'll hear back? I hope so. <sighs> I am now. I'm, st- I'm starting to feel a little stressed about it. Like, what if he's already gone? Well, there's nothing we can do about it uh, if he's already gone. I mean, I called him already. Like I've I've been standing here with a veto sized catcher's mitt. What did you What did you say when you left a message? Were you like, Same oh, thing I'm calling about Vito? I was like, listen, Vito's Vito's already got a place with me. I'm I'm uh, I'm Vito's I'm Vito's number one. So uh, get back to me. Why and do you I'll think just, they're not I'll calling back? Well, you know, I bet you. My experience with with some pet rescue places is it's just a couple of like super well meaning pet loving people who are overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, there are so many pets out there. That right. They could, they could be, have regular jobs. They just have the rescue. They're running a rescue out of their house or whatever. Right. Right. Um, That's how we adopted uh, our last two cats. We got them from, there's just a, a woman who rescued cats and she had, Oh, she had weight. This is, she truly was a cat lady. And yeah. she had something like 30 or 40 cats in her apartment. And it was the kind of thing where like you'd, you'd, you'd open up a, cu- a, a like the cupboard or you'd open up a, a closet and there'd just be like cats in there. They'd just be staring at you. And <laughs> she didn't, she did. She, eventually she didn't have a phone anymore. And I'm like, well, what happened? She's like, well, it was either the phone or Toonie, Toonie time. Toonie time was, Every day she would give them a little snack. All of them would get tuna fish, a little bit of tuna fish. And she it would call that toonie time. And she would sing to Uh-oh. them toonie time. And they would all Uh-oh. burst out of their hiding places. And she would open up cans of tuna and give them all just a little bit one by one. And she, the cost, I guess she didn't make enough money to have both a phone and do toonie time for the cat. So she got rid of her phone just to keep giving them toonie. Tuna time. Uh, yeah. Toonie time. Toonie time. Huh. Vito the Enforcer. Look at him. 
Yeah, veto. Uh, no. I'm worrying about this. Well, anyway, I think All you're right, gonna we'll you're gonna find a cat. You're gonna get a, a cat. I you just, have to. You, know, you have to have it. The problem is, I don't. You know, I don't want a cat like pooping in my house. I don't want a cat giving me uh, tr- uh, triskaidekaphobia or whatever it is that cats give toxoplasmosis? you. Toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis, where you think that you well, need rats a cat. have that too. Well, yeah, but the, I'm not petting the rat. The rat's not jumping up and putting its nose in my face. Right, but it goes through the feces, and if you if there's that feces in your wall or ceiling or something, you it's the same as petting it. I don't think that feces in the wall is the same as petting feces or having a cat's butt in your face in the morning when you first wake up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what cats do. They sit on your face. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, that's not what I want. But I do want Vito like hanging out outside thinking that that's what he wants, right? I want the, I want a cat that's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Uh, feed me green bananas and leave me alone. Or, you know, come out, pet me every once in a while. Um, we'll hang out together. I'll come in the house sometimes. We'll like, we'll chill. But then, because Guido loved being outside and, uh, and Lewis loved being outside. The problem with Lewis being outside is that he died. Oh. And if if you talk to the vet, if you talk to veterinarians and pet people, they're like, look, if you put your cat outside, they're going to die because outside is bad. If you want your cat to live, leave it inside. If you want your cat to come home with, a, with his ear shredded from fighting raccoons, then put him outside. And I'm like, well... Every cat I've ever known has wanted out desperately. And the cats that don't get out seem very neurotic. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we all die. I mean, I don't like going outside either. (laughs) Right. But, you know, but it's like we have stuff to do. We have we have uh, we have work outside. And these. So if, if a cat wants to be outside. And and I provide enough of a warm environment and enough you know, enough delicious bananas that the cat feels like this is where he belongs. And then it's like rat paradise here. Mm -hmm. Like wet rat paradise. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) You know, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll like, like uh, meet each other halfway. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to put a bell on him for sure. Cause I'm not, cause I don't hate him. Uh, and I also, I'm not worried about him killing songbirds. The songbirds no. around here stay up pretty high in the trees. Well, it's not, it's not your fault if a cat kills a bird somewhere. Yeah, but I don't like cats killing birds because I like birds. But I, you know, if he's going to kill uh, rats, moles, mice, I mean, I do get like, like, the thing is, cats got to be pretty tough to stand down a coyote. And I, there are coyotes around here, but I think a cat can avoid a coyote. And a cat's not going to tangle with a with a raccoon, I don't think. Right. You'd have to be a dumb cat. Yeah, those things are with their claws and ugh. they're smart I mean, too. A cat's got claws. A raccoon's got freaking hands. Yeah. A raccoon, a raccoon could use a gun if you left one around. So I'm counting, I guess. If Vito makes it all the way here, I'm counting on Vito having the sense that God gave a rooster to to not mess with the, you know, to sit around the pool, 
But in the middle of the night, when all the creepy crawlies come out, I want him to be able to accurately gauge what kind of varmint mm-hmm. he, he's there to mess with. I, I, I've, I've said before that I've watched cats and possums just totally chill with each other. So cats and possums are a situation where a game recognizes game and they feel like they don't, they don't screw around with each other. Right. And I wouldn't screw, if I was the size of a possum, I wouldn't screw around with a possum. Mm-mm. Uh, but I wouldn't mess with a raccoon either. We would like to thank Blue Apron. They're the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they do this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting high standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Hey, that can be you. If it's me, which is unlikely because I can't cook anything, I can cook this stuff. If I can do it, I promise you can do it. They work with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. So the seafood is uh, sustainably sourced under standards developed in partnership with Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. They really care about this stuff. The beef, the chicken, the pork comes from responsibly raised animals. Produce comes from farms that practice regenerative farming. And they ship the exact right amount of ingredient that's needed for a recipe so that there's not food waste. Food waste is a huge problem. And they completely eliminate that. Completely eliminate it by sending you just what you need, exactly what you need. The meals that they come up with are amazing. Crispy wild Alaskan pollock, garlic mashed potatoes, roasted broccoli, and tartar sauce. That's a meal. You can make that by yourself at home? Probably not. Now you can't. Seared steaks and garlic butter with oven fries, romaine salad, and they've got vegetarian stuff too. I love cooking this way. I love involving my kids so that when I make it, my kids don't want to eat anything. But if I, you involve them and say, hey, come and help, you know, you can cut this thing up. You can put the, why don't you stir the thing? Now all of a sudden they want to eat it. They want to try it. They send you these step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe cards, the pre-portioned ingredients, and you can usually cook these things in about half an hour. They say 40 minutes or less. My experience is closer to half an hour. And every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they will make it right. Now, here's a special deal. You can check out this week's menu and get 30 bucks off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash roadwork. One more time, $30 off your first order with free shipping at blueapron.com slash roadwork. They say it's a better way to cook, and I can tell you, personal experience, it is a better way to cook. So go check them out. Thanks, Blue Apron. A skunk I might try and chase off. Porcupine. I haven't seen a porcupine up here. I wonder where the porcupines are. I know they're around. Do you have porcupines just wild there? Well, when... When, uh, when I was a kid, we lived in Kingston, which is across Puget Sound over in Kitsap County mm-hmm. rather than here in King County where I live, but definitely regional. And my mom would put a bowl of – a big, big, big bowl of cat food out on the porch and the cats would eat out of it, the skunks would eat out of it, and the porcupines would eat out of it. And she said they all would just hang out together. The cat – the cats didn't like the porcupines eating out of the food bowl when they were eating out of the food bowl, but they didn't mind the skunks at all. 
And she said it was a it was a wonderful time until the skunks decided to predictably move under the house. Mm, why do they want to do that? Well, why do the rats want to? So the skunks moved under the house, and she said from then on, anytime you went to the bathroom, it smelled like skunk. Mm. I'm like, well, I don't want that. I don't want skunks around under the house. I wouldn't mind skunks in the backyard. There are so now that pot is legal here. Everybody's smoking pot all the time on the street, and it smells like skunks everywhere. Oh, right, because it's cheap stuff. Well, I mean, there's good stuff, there's cheap stuff, but it's like skunky. Yeah. There's skunky weed, skunky smell. You're driving in your car, people are smoking so much weed, driving in your car at 40 miles an hour, and you smell weed. Uh, really? There's whole neighborhoods. Whole neighborhoods you drive through, and it just like smells like weed. And you feel, I mean, I feel a little bit. Like, okay, can we get over this now? Like, weed is legal. Everybody can smoke it. Can we stop just blowing weed smoke all over the place? Do you like, think it's gonna that's going to, like, die down once the – because it's only been a couple months, right, that that's been legal? No, no. It's been over a year. Okay. But in the Netherlands, where weed has been legal for a long time, there is – a general sensibility that the people that smoke weed are stoners. It's legal mm-hmm. so that stoners don't go to jail, but it's not legal so that normal people become stoners. So if you walk around the Netherlands going like weed, the Dutch go, yeah, that's right weed mm-hmm. um do you are you a weed smoker like that's fine with us but it's not it's no big deal and also we all know what it's like when you're stoned and it's not very interesting so it's not like where it's not like we all smoke pot in other words um smoking pot is is more public, but it is confined to stoners. And that is how it's going to be here, I think, after it settles down. Yeah. You're going to realize like, oh, right, smoking pot makes you stoned. If you do it all the time, you become a stoner. That is a thing for a certain small segment of the population. If I mean, most people now, if they want to be high, are eating it in chocolate bars anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be high all the time, like, like more power to you, but the rest of us are kind of going to get on with it. And it's just sort of generally like socially rude to be blowing pot smoke all over everybody else. Hopefully that happens. But the other thing about young people who are in their pot smoking phase is that they think they're bad or they think they're like doing something radical that no one else has ever tried Mm -hmm. and standing around on street corners, blowing pot smoke on people is their form of, you know, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. So there's always going to be that. There's always going to be 22 year olds standing around, um, making sure everybody knows that they're not their mom. Mm -hmm. You can't, can't combat that. I just wish that it was like that normal people would stop feeling like smoking pot was some freak flag that they needed to raise because it's not a freak flag. It's just, it's just getting high. If you want to raise a freak flag, like 
get freaky. Do it. Put a freak flag up. <laughs> smoking pot. And I guess smoking pot could be considered a gateway drug to getting freakier than you were formerly. But, you know, move on. Get to the freaky part if you're going to go there. Yeah.